Welcome in, Blaine and Mickey. It is a Friday edition. Yeah, Friday. I said it. Blaine Bishop is here. He's all hopped up on donuts. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm going to have one of those donuts. He came back. I said, one? He goes, I mean, I, it, I only had four. <laughs> well, it yeah. went from one to four yeah. in I, I, the blink of an eye. Yeah, I'm glad this view is only showing the, my head. It, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it's not seeing my belly right now. It's blew up. <laughs> So where those are, donuts are so good, man. Yeah, man. Oh, they just like melt in your mouth. Oh. It is. Oh, I could go for another four easily. They shouldn't make it like that. Well, I'll just keep eating them. I'm sure everybody else has the same problem. And what we were told, <laughs> even, is, even Kirby's having problems with this. And here, here's what's saving you from having more. They said you should have had them when they were hot. Oh, I don't need those. That was a perfect list like that. Yeah. Oh, they, yeah, oh if, they, if they were hot, it would be dangerous up in here. I might have ate. Eight at one time. One setting. Wow. Those things are good, man. So Blaine is he's ready to go. Wait, 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 what's the name of that place where they get Dixon those? Donuts. Oh, yeah. Man. They're doing that, the Lord's work. That may be the best in the business. Yeah, God bless those they people. They need to, you know, I think I'm going to go down there and ask them about franchising. <laughs> Franchising this thing across the country. We rode together. Let's just go together. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, let's right let's double down. Yeah, I'm ready to they invest. A, they need to franchise that because they have the recipe that no one else has. Drop those suckers uh, anywhere yeah. and you'd be the most popular person. Well, here, here's where we are today. We're, we're eating those donuts in Dixon because we are in Dixon. One of our favorite days of the year. 12th annual golf for a cure at Greystone Golf Club with our friends. Uh, Fight DMD. You can always remember fightdmd.com. Terry Marlin. Uh, and his family are doing amazing work they have for years. They're trying to do everything they can to fight this awful disease called Duchenne muscular dystrophy. It affects one in 3,500 boys born each year. And it, as Terry has told me before, he said, Mickey, it's not prejudice in any way. It doesn't care how much money you have, what color you are. It does not care. It just attacks boys. Um, these guys have raised so much money over the years. Both of their sons have this disease. This is, and I'm going to try to hold this together. This is in the notes that we got from Terry. Duchenne's muscular dystrophy is 100% fatal with no current cure. It's crippling by the age of 11, fatal by mid to late 20s. So here's what you can do. Enjoy the show today. Go to fightdmd.com. Drop some money in there. Make a donation. And don't be the guy who's like, well, I don't have thousands. It doesn't matter. And let's help Terry and his family because here's the thing. They're fighting a battle at home, but they're fighting it for everybody who has this. They're trying to get more trials to find more ways to fight it. They funded trials. Literally, Terry and his family are are the people who are fighting the disease for their own kids and for other people's kids, and and hopefully to God, not for your kids someday. But drop drop a dollar or two their way or whatever you got. Uh, Get involved, help in any way you can. And here's the thing you got a year to plan. Come play in this golf tournament next year. Greystone's beautiful. Everybody here is Ooh, nice. Hills, man, it's beautiful, isn't it? It's right over our shoulders. It, it's an amazing place to come and play golf for a day. It's just like your backyard there, Mickey. Very similar. Yeah, yeah, very similar. Oh, gosh, yes. My, yeah, well manicured. Beautiful. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. I got so many moles in my backyard right now. <laughs> I hope they don't have those here. But uh, uh, we're going to mention them throughout the day. That's why we love them. We're honored to be part of what they do. So we get to drive down here once a year, get our microphones, and tell you to go to fightdmd.com, and that's what we're going to do throughout the day. So help those guys get to know their story, and you will absolutely want to help them. Golf for a Cure 12th Annual. Terry told me to never rain in 12 years. It rained a little bit today, although it's not now. I'm going to knock on wood. 
So they just sprinkled. It's just on and off. It stops. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, go to fightdmd.com. Great family and very strong people. And uh, if you meet them, you'd understand everything that we've been talking about with Fight DMD. Uh, you know, incredible people. So it's always about the people, and uh, that's what uh, Tennessee is all about. So yeah, come check them out and support Fight DMD. Titans, I have not seen anything yet about an injury report or who practiced today. This should be ending here just any minute now. I think they were supposed to be done at 12.55, so that information will start to trickle out. Um, but the Titans broadcast, broadcast the high school game last night. What an event, huh? Oh, Mike Keith, that old stinker. Yeah, this was his idea. He always tries to be in the backdrop. Mm-hmm. It's him. Yep. Talked to the organization, said, hey. How about us uh, help uh, help Waverly out and uh, support them and give them somewhere to play? And, uh, man, I tell you what, what a heck of a game. Uh, and they broadcast live. Titans uh, Radio became Tigers Radio. Even changed the Twitter handle last night. Had yeah, the Tigers cool. logo and uh, mm-hmm. what they played, White House. It was a fantastic game. Tip of the cap to White House because they got to be part of it too. But, boy, those Waverly kids, they've been through a lot. Yeah. Amazing night for them. Yeah, that was, that was uh, pretty cool and uh, – yeah, you know, probably maybe they'll do something like this once a year, and it doesn't have to be an event just to say the Titans radio uh, broadcast live. I'm sure Red Bryan would love that, too, in the backdrop since it is his birthday, and they have to always make sure that they have the game on his birthday in celebration with him. Well, timing would work perfectly, yeah, to do that for Red. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, he, you know he's the big 5-0. Oh, I wasn't supposed to tell nobody. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you listen to our radio station and with Buck before us, all those voices, that's all Rhett. Uh, He does all kinds of things. Any show you ask him, he'll jump on the show. Anytime you need something silly or a song or anything like that, Rhett will come and do it. So not only is he good at talking on the radio, which he is, he can do all the other stuff. He can make everything else that happens happen, and not all of us can do that. he, He can do your job too, Kirby. Mm-hmm. Don't be mad. Rhett could do Kirby's job, I yeah. bet. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, oh, his yeah, yeah. head snapped I, I look, around. Yeah, I was Wait, wondering what? when that was going to happen. Yeah. We, we, we're not talking about your job of just drinking, uh, you know, Pepsi either. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I stole, uh, you know, <laughs> Kirby's Pepsi. He had no idea, and I moved it, <laughs> put it somewhere else. He thought he brought it over there. As if he didn't have 17 more. In a cooler somewhere, but he completely freaked out over misplacing one Pepsi early. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Here was the injury report from yesterday. David Long, hamstring, Caleb Farley, mispracticed. Now, we don't know what's going to happen today. Bud Dupree, uh, Anthony Ferkster were limited. I I think Ferkster could have a big day on Sunday. I think Ferkster could be a guy who has a big day. So you're saying the guy that was limited is going to have a big day. I think he's going to just limp out there and have a big day if he's Don't okay. Limp out there. If he's okay. He, okay. Was, he was limited, but, I mean, you were limited a lot. Then you went out and balled out on Sunday. Oh, they, they said limited. no practice, and so I just showed up. Yeah. Right. I mean, you got your knee drained and just rolled on with oh, it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nobody tells those stories. Uh, well, I mean, we're telling them now. <laughs> David Long, Caleb Farley, again, they missed practice Thursday. Ideally, at some point, because I had written D.K. Metcalf above Caleb Farley's name, ideally at some point, if Caleb Farley is who we all hope and think that he could be, would he be somebody who you could put on a guy, a big physical wide receiver? Because he's a big physical dude. Once he gets to where we all hope he is, could he be somebody who you could go into a matchup like that and hope he could hold his own with a giant behemoth freak of nature? Yeah, I know. They're really big right now. I got big like, oh, man. 
But he's not. I know. He's not I'm thinking yet. of the future. Yes, he will be. Okay. You want the big, tall, long guy opposite, uh, let's say, the two future guys are folding, and that you got one guy that's the 5'11 guy and got the next guy 6'2". So you match up pretty much with any uh, wide receiving core because typically that's where they're going to be in range. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, I don't. he's probably going to be in a backup role. Yeah. yeah. So you may see him. You never know how much you may see him get a huge awakening at uh, DK Metcalf. Because yeah, that's a big human being right there at receiver. And he, he looks very intimidating. When he watches, and then you see the little jitterbug over there locking, just running by people. So they have two really good receivers, and uh, we need all, all men on deck to play DB. So if you're scared, just raise your hand. You can, you can leave and not, not dress. But if you're not, you know, put it down and be ready to go get after him. Oh, my, you're going to pull up <laughs> this picture. Put it, put it to the screen so everybody can see. D.K. Metcalf and A.J. And AJ Brown after they finished working out when they were at Ole Miss. Or they might have been training for the combine or yep. something like that. I remember this when they posted this. And that was hilarious. Those guys, man, I, I, I couldn't see how many packs they had. When I say packs, I'm talking about 8-pack, 10-pack, 12-pack abs. I mean, they looked like they were bodybuilders. That was right like now. half a case. I'm like, yeah, these guys were on, on the same team in college and was destroying people? And, and what, they win like five games or something? <laughs> Six games? I don't know. I'm just asking. Well, and the other little dude. I just dude know who, they weren't in the national championship game. The, the dude who. <laughs> Alabama was. Right. The other dude who peed uh, and lost what? the game. What? The, other, oh, the other receiver that we all liked in the draft this year, he was at Ole Miss, too. Oh, but, Elijah Moore. Yes, that dude yes. was there. Well, don't forget now, too. Van Jefferson was there, too. He was for and a minute. He transferred. Yeah, sure and, did. Well, he was there a year, and then he yep. transferred to Florida. Yeah, so, uh, man, they, they had a heck of a crew, but. Uh, yeah, you know, they, they won't actually be competing against one another, but uh, they will have, uh, you know, bragging rights not only in the win and then who has a great day. So, you know, you always want to try to outperform your, your, you know, your partner in crime back in the day in college because that's always a little special because, you know, you know college is different. You know, you, you have some passionate, great times in college and memories nobody will ever forget. Tell me so, about yeah, it. I'm interested to see how, how well they do. And can our duo of Julio... And A.J. Brown, can they top these guys? Yeah. So whose DB is going to show up and do the best job? Because the game is, you know, set up for the receivers to have big days. So who can contain the receivers the best? Which secondary? And, and you know, by the way, we could talk about the secondary, but if nobody gets any pressure, that's the one that's going to lose. No pressure, no can do. Yeah. Tough, tough life been out there on that island, man. Everybody talk about, you know, the quarters are getting toasted. Nobody talks about, oh, I had him recover when they didn't throw to him. <laughs> Nobody cares about that. Well, Man. and, and Ooh, as you've said all week, you got the son last week. This year you get the, this week you get the father. Senior. You get Russell Wilson Sr., yeah. who is going to just run around in circles behind that line of scrimmage, make you miss, and he's going to keep looking downfield. And it's a deal where it's third and nine. He runs around for eight seconds and then throws the 10-yard pass to somebody. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're getting a little ahead of ourselves now. Not only do they throw the ball. Now, don't forget, in this offense, know, they, they run, run this too. thing. I know. So everything is predicated on stopping the run first. And then that puts those guys on that island. Then we'll see what they do, you know, in a one-on-one situation. But uh, you got to stop that play-action pass. You got to stop the running game. You know, uh, I think even Coach Vrabel was talking about Carson's uh, straight arm and how uh, lethal it was. Man, he was uh, putting up kind of not as bad as – Derrick Henry, the king, straight on. But it was it, it was comparable. Let's say that. And I mean, if we when you throw that thing out there and you knocking grown men down that's coming to tackle you, 
Yeah. That, that's kind of amazing. His arms are shorter, but, you know, nothing. You know, Henry's so tall. You know, he's got those long arms. His guy's got shorter arms. They're still long, but his are way thicker. I was like, uh-oh, man. He's going to be a handful, so they got to stop the run first. Yeah, I think he was like 16 for 90, and they ran for 140 yards last week against the Colts. And the Colts are supposed to be the team in our division with the, the defense. defense. Like, oh, Colts defense. Yeah, they yeah. They, they did a lot. They did to them. Yeah, they Besides did. that first drive, and the Colts had a little trouble too. You know, we had a little trouble with our tackles, or tackle, or tackles. Yeah, you watched that. They, they, but they, they had trouble with their tackle. And, oh, by the way, their tackle got ran over too. Except, but it wasn't my 195-pound guy. It was a guy we know. You know, he went to UT, you know, named Taylor. He ran, he ran, literally ran the tackle over. So I don't know how much he weighs. He's probably, you know, 180. I mean, 280. Not super big, but, yeah, as freaky Two, athletic, yeah. as you said. Yeah, super Darryl athletic. Taylor. So, yep. yeah, yeah, Darryl Taylor. So, he, he got after him, man. He had a great get-off. So, uh, this front is uh, just as good as a group as uh, Arizona is with their two elite guys in, in Watt and, and Chandler Jones. Titans better batten down the hatches. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll continue to uh, keep an eye on things as practice finish. We'll tell you who did practice, who didn't today. Buck Rising. Uh, was on site here in Dixon at Greystone at the Fight DMD Golf Tournament. Buck Rising going to jump on and join us next. We'll continue the Titans discussion right here on Blaine and Mickey Friday edition. Yeah, man, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Man, rocking with you today until 3 o'clock. That's a radio segue right there. It's Buck. something. Buck Rising, enjoying the smooth, dulcet tones of Michael Jackson. He joins us for his uh, 73rd radio hit of this week <laughs> across various platforms. Can, um, can you enjoy Michael Jackson anymore? Is that allowed? I don't know. Can we do that? I, is Why it? Not? Why not? I don't know. Well, because he's kind of a wretched human being. The, the other stuff. Got, my, the whole, you know, the person. <laughs> other, there were other personal things. I, I don't know. Is you, the music you, fair you, game? You, yeah, I think you could just allegedly. Okay, well, I mean, but, oh, okay, I'm going to give a good example in sports. Uh, Michael Irvin. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, he, <laughs> well, listen, people degree, people enjoy Mike, Michael Irvin to varying degrees. Gr- but granted, certain- I know there's two different circumstances. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's a little different. Now, but see, you said they enjoy it, but he got the opportunity for people to enjoy. Why? See? See, why did he get that opportunity? We're talking about Michael Jackson? No, 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 no. no. I, I, no I'm talking about Michael Irvin. No. Uh, because he's good on television. Yeah. But he had to get an opportunity first. Something like that. Yeah, well, I was I was there on the field with him. Yeah, no question. What do we got? Uh, no, what do we? When I was at the Oilers, <laughs> I was looking, uh, Buck, they're leaving. Everybody's leaving the field right now. I have this pulled up in the course at close. John Glennon uh, giving the who he saw and who he didn't see yep. uh, today at practice. We were, Blaine and I were discussing this a little bit earlier. This is one of those things that, I mean, if Elijah Molden had been, and I know ifs and buts, Coach Mack always says ifs and buts and candy and nuts, but you drafted that guy so he could be healthy one day and, and help you guard people like D.K. Metcalf. No, well, Farley. Caleb Farley. Caleb Farley. Not Elijah Molden. Sorry. It, Caleb Farley. This is one of those things that's like, my gosh, if, if, if maybe down the road, but uh, they're going to have to figure out how to guard that rascal and, and lock it, and the Seahawks have got this new O.C., and that marriage seems to be going well. There's a... Uh, you never to, know what may happen in an NFL game, though. He may be out there. If he, he dresses, he may be out there on DK Metcalf. It's, I think it's unlikely that he starts the game. Listen, I be, and Blaine, you'd be able to speak to this better than me, but just based on what they're telling us about Caleb Farley right now, it's that he's not ready to go. It's that he's still learning the position, and that's been kind of the, 
theme throughout the course of the last couple of weeks. Now, whether you're good with that or not, it's an entirely different yeah. conversation <laughs> because you're looking at that being, what the hell? This is the second year in a row where the first-round pick, and really the third year in a row, if you're talking about Jeff Simmons, where the first-round pick Ooh. doesn't contribute right out of the gate in a substantial and meaningful way. And, and Blaine, I was, thought it was curious because he did play against Arizona, but would, it was all on field goal block until it was official. mop-up duty. Yeah, yeah. If, and, until it was a, uh, a blowout, as you said, and, and the mop-up duty occurred. But he only played on the left side. Now, I don't know if that was just for the purposes of what Arizona was running, and they're like, just, okay, go out there, play left corner, and don't worry about anything else. Know that position first, and then we'll start to do things in a different way or maybe expand your your knowledge base based on what we're asking you to do. But I thought it was interesting that they only had him play left corner when he did get out there. Right. Well, I, well from my point of view, I think he should have just played one side. It didn't matter if it was left or right, but typically your best corner is on the left because the quarterbacks are right-handed. Yeah. And they're throwing to the left side of the defense. Uh, he's not uh, involved in the matchup. He was not part of the game plan, as you saw. Uh, so him just playing that side wasn't, wasn't a big deal to me at all. I mean, if he's part of the game plan, eventually if he goes in for Jack Rabbit and they matching up in this game and then he gets hurt, I think then you understand that you're going to be doing the same thing as Jack Rabbit was doing. And maybe the coaches say, nah, we're not going to do that with you guys. We're going to have you play left and right. Uh, so I, I think it's all, you know, up to the coaching staff. But, I mean, that wasn't a big deal. I just I think it's more of a factor in that he may get thrown out there at any moment. And he was on the injury report. I don't know what they practice he, yesterday. Right. I, what's up with guys practicing a day and then don't practice? That's that's weird like, the what, way what that they've they, staggered what, it because he was a full he was a full participant on Wednesday as you noted and then he was listed on the injury report with a shoulder did not practice yesterday. That again, you know, any answer any answer that we would get from Mike Vrabel always revolves around well this is the plan for him. This is what Todd and John and myself Todd Torricelli their head trainer Mike Vrabel and John Robinson have agreed upon. We're not going to get any details on that, but it is interesting to see the way because this is not normally what they do where they're giving well, he, a guy he, he a day on because Wednesday. He was injured, though. He, was, he didn't practice he was injured is what I'm getting at, not a rest day. Well, what I'm saying is he practiced on Wednesday right. but was on the injury report, and then with that same injury the following day right. on Thursday right. did, did not, not practice. practice. So that, that was curious to me. And it's, he's, not he's, not the only, he's not the only one like that on that's that a young injury player. Report. That's a young player? Yeah. Well, that, that's a, well. What's what's what do you define as young? Well, because David Long, David Long is well, another one of those. Well, he's young, but he's he's a fourth year guy, right? Third year guy. I believe third. Third year guy, if I recall. Correctly. Well, he he had a hamstring going into the last game, so a little different circumstance, in my opinion. Sure. Uh, he may have tried it, didn't go so well. Ah, let's ease back a little bit. Turn the engine back. Throttle down. All right, we're not going to have you out there. But Barley, I mean, man, I mean, when did the injury occur? I mean, during the NFL practice. During the season, man, you, I'm, you're almost trained not to hit anybody when you're in the secondary. No, that's exactly what they're saying that they cannot do uh -oh. based on what Rabel just said. Is he out? not traveling. So see? he's out. Yeah, yeah, see, so so when did that injury happen is what I'm getting at. It had to happen in the game. If you're hitting at practice where a level that you get injured, then there's a that's a problem. No, Mike Mike tosses them if they if they make too much contact. Yeah, you can't be hit because, I mean, you may hurt yourself as that. That's what I'm saying. Did he get hurt at practice, or was it a lingering injury from the game, even though he practiced the first day? And, and then now he's not even going to help. He's not even traveling. Now, and this is all oh, speculative. No, yeah. well, they, well, he's not traveling now. 
No, oh, no. Yeah. No, this is a snowball effect. And, again, it's, this is not good. This is – and this is. I wanted to see him go out there because a little hammy uh, shoe come off, and then you go out there and you got a guy, D.K. Metcalf. Well, and he's built he, – if you built a player to stop or try and stop D.K. Metcalf in a lab, it looks like Caleb Farley. It looks yeah. like Jalen Ramsey, like one of these players, one of these long, versatile corners that move so fluidly. That's what Caleb Farley is designed to do in a perfect world. But if you can't get him out on the field – and here's the other thing, Blaine, because he hurt himself not playing football previously – he hurt himself weightlifting. That's the thing that I think people discern between. So to say that it happened in the game, I don't know whether it happened in the game or not. But I'm just saying there are other circumstances that have caused this particular player injury in previous in previous situations. Now, this is not his back. The back is what he had to have the initial so you procedure he got, on. He hurt his back in, in lifting weights? He hurt his back lifting weights. Well, when I had his coach on at the time, who's now at NC State, he said that he had the issue in his back. They just fixed part of it because it was good enough to go. The other part was there, and it existed. Oh, and they had to scope it. They had to do the cleanup afterwards, which is why everybody started freaking out about a second procedure. But, yeah, it's bad. I mean, it's, it's just flat-out bad. There's no way to sugarcoat it. And, by the way, didn't he tear his ACL? Farley? Uh-huh. If I were... I don't. I don't recall off the top of my head, but if that's in the background too, then oh, that's you know it's just yeah. a first year. It's just a continuation. That's when he was at receiver, and then they moved him. Yeah, when he came back from ACL. It's not great, Chief. <laughs> mm, that, 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 that shows a pattern, a serious two backs and an ACL. Well, and and, and bodies and now a shoulder. Out body is a wonderland. That's what John Mayer said. Uh, yeah. So with all that being said, what are the keys to the game? What are the Knights <laughs> got to do to win? What they got to win. They got to win this game. And what are the keys to get any rookie to help it, it, at any point ever in these years that are going by? I got, well, Christian Fulton, uh, listen, in his second year, he looked. I thought he played very, very well on Sunday. There were, there were precious few bright spots, so maybe that's the easier one to highlight because he did stand out in that way. But Christian Fulton, I think you feel pretty comfortable about. The rest of them, I mean, God knows. Laurel Murchison. Is nothing particularly special as a fifth-round pick at NC State. He's a body out there. He was part of the rotation. He played a lot of snaps, not a lot of snaps, but enough snaps that he's at least contributing to the football team as opposed to Darrington Evans or, I mean, Chris Jackson seemed like he was going to be the starting nickel and then Elijah Molden had the performance that he did against Tampa Bay. Regardless, though, the, the formula to, to beating Seattle is to pressure the quarterback and play your game up front as an offense that you were not able to do. The biggest problem with what happened against the Cardinals for the Titans on offense was they did the same thing that they always do for the past couple of years. The only difference is it didn't work. <laughs> That's, it's the same formula. It's the same thing that used to drive me crazy about the Titans on offense under Arthur Smith. Run, run, pass. Run, run, pass. If it goes three and out, fine. We're setting up the play-action pass for later in the game except they were not able to handle their one-on-one assignments up front. They got beat at the line of scrimmage. Chandler Jones for that first tackle for a three-yard loss set the tone as a defender against Derrick Henry, and they were manhandled, and their play-action passing game was nothing as a result. 5% of the plays that they ran on Sunday were play-action passes, whereas fit in 2020, 59% of the time they're running play-action passes, play-action concepts. But that's their identity, right? That's their identity. Their identity didn't work on Sunday. So now how do you change your identity? Do you need to change your identity? Well, the identity didn't work because of players' performance. Sure. And, and Arizona. I mean, that's really – so that was always my concern because when you get into the playoffs, and you're going to run into teams as they just did, uh, but it's the first game, uh, that when you get in the playoffs, there's going to be times everybody's defense is going to be good. You're not going to be able to do that. What is your counter move? And it seems like they didn't – 
think about it kind of move until second half when it was desperation and they were kind of doing, you know, no huddle, and call the plays at the line and take your time, Tannehill, and all that, and then kind of opened up a little bit. You know, naturally, their defense changed, and we're up, we're leading. And then, you know, Derrick Henry, you know, the King got some, you know, room to run, and it looked successful. So should they have done something like that sooner, or should they just mix up their play calling? First-time play caller, but it didn't matter. They still are going to be who they are. It's really variable over everyone. Let's yeah. say that uh, over the defense as well as the offense. Now, is he calling the you know play after play? No, but that's what he wants to be done. So you have to follow that as an OC and a DC. So what do you think they should do when their counter is you know when they can't do what they want to do? Do you remember what kind of formations? Playing just out of curiosity, that they were running those those plays with Derrick Henry. I think and, they had two tight ends, two wide receivers. That at the start of the game, but in this when in the in the second half when they changed things up. They were running out of three wide receiver receivers, sets. Yeah. They were running out of 11 personnel. They were running out of a situation. But tell us a, why that works, though. Because it was uh, spreading out the defense and allowing for right. the box to not be loaded against Derrick right. Henry. And you had to bring a DB in on the slot and not a linebacker. And that's why it opens up because now that DB doesn't want to go get involved in tackling. That's why you got a guy like Molin. That's why Farley guy is not a participant in the nickel guy because he's too big and long and rangy. His body's not built that way. Yeah. Uh, so that's why usually the slot guys are the shorter, you know, m- you know, better built guys. So they, they got beat up. Uh, they got beat on matchups on both sides because I think they assumed that the Cardinals were going to do what the Cardinals did all last year, which is run those four wide receiver sets, those 10 personnel. They left Derek Roberson active as opposed to Rashad Weaver because Derek Roberson is the better situational pass rusher, particularly on third down. Instead, the Cardinals came out in that 12 personnel look. They looked like the Titans oh, for yeah, the they, first they half. Yeah, they did two Titans, yeah. And it was not something that Derek Roberson is equipped, well-equipped to handle as somebody who plays that outside edge. So I think they got fooled on that. No, with, no, that's called out-coaching in the NFL. That's not fooled. They got out-coached. Fair enough. You, you they got out-coached by a coach who I don't think is very good in Cliff Kingsbury. So what does that say about Mike Vrabel and his coaching staff? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can get duped every now and then. <laughs> I mean, they, 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 we just saw it. We said 38 but, to 30. That's why I'm through. always the, the really good coaches. And I put Vrabel in this category are really good at countering during in game. Yeah. Some coaches aren't till the next day or to the next game. But Vrabel typically, uh, I think, uh, counter moves, you know, pretty good. They did, but by then it was too late. Right. By then it was too late. Mickey, your thoughts? <laughs> I'm just enjoying this back and forth so much between you two. Well, I'm just, well, I'm just, the, the I'm next, lost. The in next it. counter though is okay. What is going to happen with Julio and AJ Brown? Because the offense was so stagnant, they couldn't even get into a rhythm or flow of the offense as well. There was none. So it, 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 there has to be, there has to be a commitment to adapting who they are. I understand that while Derrick Henry exists on your roster, that there is a certain style of play that you want to establish as an offense. I understand that that works to the betterment of your personnel because Derrick Henry is who he is and is able to have the effect on the game that he has. But if it doesn't work and it's becoming predictable and teams are starting to counter that as Arizona did very effectively, by the way, then can you come out with a commitment to let the quarterback do a little heavy lifting on the front end as opposed to the running back to use these two wide receivers, one of whom is looking at this like, give me a chance. I will make the plays when they started force-feeding A.J. Brown they were able to move the ball down the field. Whether it was in rhythm or not is a different conversation. But they started making strides, whereas with the running game, they were going, they were in third and long before they knew what was happening. And then Brett Kern, you know, even Brett Kern didn't have a great game. 
as I'm sure Mike Vrabel pointed out to him. But the, but the M.O. has always been they always hang on to it and stay with the running game longer than most, and it ends up you know, making holes, increases, and eventually it breaks. So when is that fine line of when to like kind of go against the grain of what your M.O. is as a, as a unit? Down 17-0. <laughs> Down 17-0. And by then it was too late against Arizona. Well, Lofa Tatupu, who played well for Seattle for years, he was on this yesterday, and he said, Indy just abandoned the run early. He said they, went away from he said the score wasn't even really spread at that point. They're like, yeah, screw it. We're just going to throw it around. We're, we're not going to try to run against these guys. No, I think, it's, I think it was his first time calling plays for a new team. Like, he's done it before, and you don't, and yips is probably too strong a word, but <laughs> I think, you know, it's entirely possible. I get in my own head sometimes if I don't think I'm having a good show. I think it's very easy to imagine the Todd Downing probably overthought it, abandoned the run. Long uh, Arthur Smith, it was too almost to a fault that he would stick with the run. More often than not, though, it worked. And the crazy thing was, these were all the scripted plays. This yeah. is going to be a long time to think about. And that was three and out, fumble on second down, three and out. Like that was the scripted stuff. That's supposed to be the like the, that's supposed to be the good stuff you, right there. Well, I, think that, I think it's a little unfair though, offensively, mostly offensively, in that. We can all sit here and say, oh, you know, they did a bad job play calling because that's been a lot of the critique. But when your players aren't performing, it's really hard. You start grab bagging, you know, plays and try to see what can work. Yes. Uh, Only thing I could say that they could have done differently, really, in my opinion, is that uh, maybe they should have helped out the tackles and, and, and left two tight ends or, you know, hit them and go out for a pass, whether it's a slot receiver or tight end. And seeing that, hey, somebody gives up three sacks in a half. Yeah. In a quarter. Yeah. I think you need to help him out. Yeah. Hey, he's got some rust he has to get done. Let's move forward. And to me, that should have been the adjustment, uh, which I said after the game. How, how can you do that? Uh, and, he, you know, he was struggling. Hey, everybody's been there. Don't leave him out to dry. Oh, well, we pay him the big money to do it. Well, do you want to win or do that you want can't to be, be right? That can't be the justification. Right, no. And no that way. was. It, it was. Uh, yeah, that's unacceptable. So I, I think he needs help. So do you have a, a game plan to help your tackles? Not just LaJuan, but... You know, you may not be going against an elite pass rusher, but when I watched the tape of the Colts, yeah. I mean, versus the Seahawks and the Seahawks line, you saw oh, Braden, you saw the same Braden Smith stats that I did. Yeah, they may not be Chandler Jones, but they just a half a step behind. Well, Man. yeah, and and again, we we talked about this earlier. I mean, Braden Smith is a well-paid tackle in this league. He's one of the better offensive tackles in football, and Daryl Taylor handled him. Handled him easily, and he wasn't the one, the only one winning his one-on-one he's match. He's a freaking nature athlete now. People is underrated. You talk to a lot of people at Tennessee. He's probably the most athletic guy they had. He played with a high ankle sprain his last year there, and still went, I think, what second or third round. Second, yeah, yeah. second I mean, round. This, this guy, I didn't, I didn't realize he was that kind of like when we say freaking eight, he's on the freak level. Yeah, no, it, it is. Yeah. It, it's probably going to piss Titans fans off when they hear. Blaine say correctly that Taylor Lewan needs help right now, but the game plan has to adjust because it's not like a quick fix. You don't get him out of his own head that easily, and it's not like he's going to go from not trusting the knee to trusting the knee because that is something. As soon as I saw that Buda Baker play where he where he it's a hundred what, what play are you talking about the hundred the one where the hundred ninety five pound <laughs> safety knocks over the three hundred pound tackle like it like he would me Blaine like rolled him down a hill. I, when when ta- when you see when you watch that play, and I'm sure the audience has seen it on on social media at nauseum, but Buda Baker comes on a blitz. Taylor thinks he's going to his outside, so he steps as if to block him on the edge. He overcommits. He flips his hips. Buda Baker just goes straight into Lawan's chest, 
Lawan tries to punch back across his body and then falls. Like it's it's one of the it's such a ridiculous play to put on tape, and he just got caught off balance. And it's because he doesn't trust his ability out there. It's been a minute since Taylor Lewan's played football, but you know, for Bud Dupree's side of things, it didn't look like it bothered Bud the same way that it bothered well, Taylor. I'm, I'm gonna make you a little nervous here in the Titans fans. Is Taylor did the same thing, you know, Daryl Taylor yeah. for Seahawks did the same thing to a 300 pound guy. Yeah. For the Colts. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly the same move. And this time, but he wasn't giving no, you know, get you off balance. He was like, I'm coming dead at you. Yeah. No, this, this was no, this was nothing but just straight one-on-one getting beat across the line of scrimmage. And uh, I don't think the Titans want to put that on film twice in two weeks. Buck Rising. Brought to you by Two Rivers Ford, home of the non-commissioned salespeople. That's who puts him on the show every week. Uh, you'll be on at 9 o'clock on Sunday, right? No, because it's a later kickoff. I'm on at noon on Sunday. Noon o'clock is what I meant. Noon o'clock yes. is when I will lead into the famed Lee Company. Oh, I thought you were 12.30. I don't know. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I, I show up when I, I show up. I knew you had an extra 30 minutes I wanted in to bring somewhere. doubt like Lawan has doubt about his knee I, so you can see how it feels. The doubt exists. And I, <laughs> thank God our boss already texted me and said, no, you idiot. You're on at noon on Sunday. So now I, I know from Seattle I will be on at noon on oh, Sunday. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking of the time zone difference, but I'd still be off on that, too. I can't make that work. Do right. I can't do Pacific. All right. Just get me out of here. Buck, just buck, just buck own it, the Seattle, Just own it. Noon, our time. <laughs> we will keep Buda Baker away from him so he cannot knock him over. He'll be there with his microphone ready to go. Uh, we'll be with our microphones ready to be back in just a minute. This is Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Uh, we're in Dixon today, 12th Annual Golf for a Cure at Greystone Golf Club. Our friends at Fight DMD, fantastic people, putting this on just like they always do, 12 years in a row. So uh, make sure that you check out fightdmd.com and find out what Terry Marlin and his family are doing there, fighting Duchenne muscular dystrophy. If you can't play in this tournament, if you can, play in the tournament one year. You will love it. If not, click on that fightdmd.com, give them uh, a donation. They will put every penny of it to good use. I can promise you that. John Glennon tweeted this out just a minute ago as Titans uh, finished practice. They signed a corner. Since Farley's, you know, people just picked up, you know, the radio and turned it on. That Farley is not going on the trip. He is not. So not going on the trip. But look, not dressing. Right, like not flying on the plane and having the meal and then getting to Seattle and stretching out and saying, let me give it a go. That rascal is going to be like same place we are this weekend. He'll be here. Maybe not Dixon, but, I mean, he'll be in Middle Tennessee. Yeah, I know. I'm sure it's because of the injury he didn't practice, but, boy, am I perturbed right now if I'm the coach. Like, man, we gave this guy a slew of money, took a huge risk, and we get this one game in? And then he didn't play that much. What, what, I mean, how did he, did he get hurt? That's what I was worried about. That's what I was going back and forth. How did he get hurt? This is an issue. The kicker got hurt at practice. Well, how did he get hurt at practice? On Friday. Do, what, do you, about what do you do on Friday at practice? I, I don't care about no Friday. All week during okay, the season. Okay, okay. Once the season starts, it's like two-hand touch. Bubble wrap the kicker for yeah, sure. You don't, you don't touch anybody. <laughs> the lineman may. But right. The, the, the linebacker, well, maybe the linebacker. DBs, skill guys, receivers? Right. No, no. Nobody's trying to get tanked. No, that's over. 
This is not high school. This is not college. And remind people that because everybody thinks they're no. just putting on pads every day. No. It, it never. No. no. Right? No. 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 It's too hand touch. You better work on your footwork, your technique, and understand the system that you're facing and what they like to do against your defense and know how to match up with what you need to be doing to, you know, play well in the game. I mean, it's, it's not like that. Uh, even the, you know, the offensive and defensive linemen are, are thudding out and then they just stop. Usually, to protect everybody, they say don't even wear shoulder pads. They make them wear these little soft pads. Shells. So, yeah, shells. So, they, you know, you don't have to – you're not hitting anybody. Now, some guys, once you put on the pads, they just can't stop. They, you know, I was one of those guys. <laughs> so you had to stop until you hurt yourself. Right. It was going to end with your pads hitting someone else's yeah, pads. I get, I get that. This was going to happen. I mean, so you, are, you, there, you are the hit man. That's, remember, that's I just where said that you, works. I had to learn how to practice, which right. is what, you know, Coach Fisher, you know, really helped me out with a lot uh, because I was – Balls to the walls. I mean, as soon as I put on a helmet, shoulder pads, it's just it was no other way uh, for me. Because then I either go all in or nope, I'm all out. I can't. I didn't. I couldn't. You know, get that in that middle range. And I finally figured it out in my second year. So nobody. I mean, man, that's that's really tough to get get hurt at practice. <laughs> I'm serious now. Yeah, we talking about practice, as AI would say. Practice. This, this is from John Glennon. Titans on Friday. This is his this is note, his tweet with notes on it. Very brief practice portion. They got to see stretch. He says open to the media. Uh, he said, not immediately spotted. Caleb Farley, who's not going. That's already been said by Mike Vrabel. And Jayon Brown. Jayon Brown not spotted. Returning, though, just imagine him like chess pieces. You switch out. David Long. He came back. No practice today. For Jayon Brown, this is this. he had the hammy. He didn't dress last game, so yeah. I, I was assuming he was trying to test it out, and then it didn't go so well. The next day, when you wake up, you're like, "Ah, oh, yeah, I feel, I feel pretty good. I think I can manage through this." Then you wake up and, uh, uh-uh, no, nah. I can't go. I'm about half speed again. You that, always, that, that hamster hammy stuff is just, oh man, it's so unpredictable. As you have told me many times, hey, yeah, man, maybe it feels good today. That's fine. Do what you're going to do. Just no, check it tomorrow, and then the next day. Then how are you on? Two days afterwards, right. typically I tell you where you are at. He added this. Hey. I, I did see Jay Jones, meaning Julio, A.J. Brown, uh, Chris Jackson, Rashawn Evans, and Harold Landry before the o- open portion of practice ended again. That's for John Glennon. Oh, so, so I'm about to t- – Monty Rice is starting? I, I'm just asking this question. <laughs> I mean, we, hey, man. We, you said J.I. Brown didn't practice. He did. Jayon came back. Oh, he came back. No, J- no Jayon went out. Long came Long back and then came he back. missed again today. No, Long was back today. David Long missed yesterday, but he was back today. So we got Long and Evans as the starters. Long and Evans, that's it. Yeah, and associates. It sounds like a law firm. So, Long and Evans. Call Long and Evans. Yeah. If you've been injured in a car accident. Well, I want to call him and then stay up at the game. <laughs> yeah. the Seahawks, I mean. Man, they got a team right there. So this is week two. So your oh. your number one draft pick cornerback is going to spend his same town you're going to spend it in if you're listening to Nashville. And then you you drafted a tackle who who didn't dress last week as a guard. Hey, man. It's the second round. What, what are we doing? <laughs> you, are we doing? You, you're, you're, you're laughing. I'm over here getting a temperature. <laughs> I'm getting a temperature because I am so upset and disappointed right now. I'm getting really hot around my I, my nerves are bothering me. <laughs> like like, I, like, I, like I put a, you know hundred thousand dollars on the game or something. I am so perturbed right now. I am so perturbed right now, man. Is this up game week one, two. 
Come on. It's not even week two. Oh, man. We, uh, I mean, it is, but the game uh, hasn't been played yet. We can't, we can't get it right. For, uh, the kicker game just tells oh. everything. The kicker. Oh, maybe we got Randon Bullock. Since his name is Bullock, maybe that's close to Keith Bullock. That may that help us out. Put 53 he'll, on. He'll, he'll Let play, him kick some field play goals. as well as him. All right, hour number two coming up. Man. We will get to some Man. college football today with Brandon Marcello. We'll keep talking Titans when we come back. How are you feeling, Titans fans? Got that Mark Spain Real Estate hotline open. If you want to jump on, how are you feeling? I do have a stat, though, that's going to calm some people's nerves. I'm going to share that with them next. A stat that will calm your please, nerves. Please Titans give it to fans. me during the break so that I'll know. Yeah, I'll tell you next. I, yeah, I think I need to go get a cold rag. We're going to get Blaine a donut and a cold rag. We'll be right back, oh, Blaine and me. donut?